This week, EP Energy and stakeholders mutually agreed to terminate plan support agreement. Malincrot expresses doubt on term loan funding. Credit agreement amendment. More on all this and as always, updates from Puerto Rico. Welcome to the Week in Reorg. Hello and welcome to the Reorg podcast, where we bring you the latest top developments in high yield, distressed debt and bankruptcy. I'm Connor Skelding. And I'm Raksha Manjanath. Later this episode, for our deep dive, Mark Fisher will run through the coronavirus's effects on restructurings we're following and balance sheets across industries. It's Sunday, March 27th. EP Energy announced on Thursday that the company and supporting note holders Apollo, Elliott, Avenue, and Access Industries had, quote, mutually agreed to a consensual termination of the plan support agreement and the backstop commitment agreement pursuant to the terms of a stipulation subsequently filed on the bankruptcy court docket. The debtors, according to the filing, quote, are working with their constituents to explore various alternatives. Reorg reported on March 6th that the note holders were in discussions with the debtors about modifying or terminating the contemplated restructuring transactions under the debtors' recently confirmed plan of reorganization following the collapse in oil prices following the Saudi-Russian price war, according to sources. Pursuant to the terms of the stipulation, the supporting note holders have agreed solely in their capacity as holders of, quote, applicable claims consisting of one and one quarter lien notes, one and one half lien notes, and unsecured claims to, quote, not interfere directly or indirectly with any further restructuring of the debtors that treats their applicable claims no less favorably than other similarly situated claims through November 25th. In a Thursday hearing seeking court approval of the stipulation, multiple parties expressed concern about the scope of proposed releases and due process. Counsel to the Official Committee of Unsecured Creditors said the releases, quote, would eviscerate certain of the UCC's preserved challenge rights. Counsel to the ad hoc group of one and one eighth lien, one and one quarterly note holders echoed the UCC's concerns with the, quote, very broad releases and said that certain deadlines in the confirmation order that would be mooted by the plan's failure to go effective should be vacated. Counsel to the MSB owners said that there has been insufficient notice to grant the, quote, extraordinarily sweeping range of relief in the stipulation. The hearing was continued to 4 p.m. Eastern on Monday, March 23rd, after counsel to the debtors Apollo and Elliott informed the court that they had agreed to toll the stipulation until Monday's hearing, as suggested by Judge Marvin Isker. Debtors' Council also announced that the debtors and UCC had reached an agreement in principle to resolve the UCC's concerns. On Tuesday, U.S. District Judge Thomas F. Hogan released the previously sealed opinion supporting last week's summary judgment against Mellencrot in its dispute with the U.S. Centers of Medicare and Medicaid Services, or CMS, over Medicaid rebates for purchases of the company's best-selling product, Axar Gel. Judge Hogan found that the company took advantage of a 20. 2012 misapprehension by CMS to deprive Medicaid of, quote, hundreds of millions of dollars in rebates since 2013. On Monday, Malincrot filed a motion to reconsider or stay the summary judgment order, calling the judge's decision a, quote, existential threat. Malincrot also indicated that a potential $650 million judgment in favor of CMS could jeopardize its effort to refinance existing debt and secure a new term loan in connection with the $1.6 billion opioid settlement and potential Chapter 11 restructuring. 
the government agreed to refrain from terminating Mallinckrodt's access to Medicaid for at least 60 days. At a status conference, attorneys for the government indicated that the company may not have to pay the $650 million rebate, quote, all at once, stating that Mallinckrodt can, quote, work out a payment plan with each state. Notwithstanding the stay, Mallinckrodt disclosed on Wednesday that it no longer expects to obtain the credit agreement amendment or new term loan. According to Wednesday's announcement, the company is, quote, seeking to engage in discussions with certain debt holders of the company regarding potential refinancing alternatives. Mallinckrodt has estimated that it faces roughly $650 million in retrospective liability as a result of the decision, as well as a reduction of $90 million to $100 million in annual AXAR sales going forward. Counsel for Mallinckrodt told Judge Hogan that the company is not on the, quote, brink of bankruptcy as a result, but that the bankruptcy is, quote, looming. The PROMISA Oversight Board on Tuesday granted the Commonwealth's request for time to file a revised proposed fiscal plan, considering the current, quote, state of emergency stemming from the coronavirus pandemic and potential impacts to the island economy. The Oversight Board's approval followed a March 16th request by Puerto Rico Fiscal Agency and Financial Advisory Authority Executive Director Omar Marrero, in which he had asked the board to revise its approval schedule for the new Commonwealth fiscal plan in light of the coronavirus pandemic and the anticipated, quote, considerable negative impact to the island economy. In a March 17th letter to Governor Wanda Vasquez and legislative leaders, the Oversight Board directed the government to submit a revised proposed updated fiscal plan to the board on April 15th. The Oversight Board was scheduled to certify an updated fiscal plan on April 30th, 2020. However, according to the letter, the Oversight Board, quote, will determine in its sole discretion when to certify the updated fiscal plan, given the uncertainty of the current situation. The Oversight Board, meanwhile, has approved a temporary waiver of the Commonwealth Sales and Use Tax, or SUT, on, quote, first necessity articles to combat the spread of the disease and prepared food. Also on Tuesday, Chief Judge Gustavo A. Gelpi of the U.S. District Court for the District of Puerto Rico and Judge Laura Taylor Swain entered an order providing that all scheduled deadlines and hearing dates in the Title III cases and related adversary proceedings, quote, shall remain in effect until further order of the court. The order follows the entry of a series of orders by Judge Gelpi in connection with the recent COVID-19 crisis, but makes clear that the current timeline in the PROMISA-related proceedings will remain in place, notwithstanding the district court's other orders, which address, among other things, all criminal and non-criminal proceedings pending in the Puerto Rico District Court, and a further extension of all related filing deadlines. On Thursday, the U.S. Court of Appeals for the First Circuit issued an opinion affirming Judge Swain's denial of the motion of a group of Puerto Rico Employees' Retirement System, or ERS, bondholders for appointment of a trustee under Section 926 of the Bankruptcy Code in the ERS Title III case. The opinion, which came after a three-judge panel heard oral argument in early March, states that the Title III court, quote, clearly did not abuse its discretion in denying the bondholder's request for an appointment of a trustee. Moreover, the First Circuit emphasizes that the goals of a governmental bankruptcy are different from a commercial bankruptcy and that the Title III court's ruling did not contravene PROMISA's and other mandates. Energy companies continued to slash CapEx in response to the coronavirus demand shock and the price war unleashed by Saudi Arabia and Russia. 
Crude did stage a 24% rally on Thursday amid reports the Trump administration may undertake diplomacy between the two nations and that the Texas Railroad Commission may invoke a little-used power and order producers to trim production. Cuts to spending continued with announcements from companies such as Cimerex Energy, which, in cutting 2020 CapEx by 40 to 50 percent, said it assumes WTI at $30 for the rest of the year. Callan Petroleum, EOG Resources, W&T Offshore, and Penn Virginia. Amplify Energy, which cut CapEx by some 37%, said it should qualify for a statutory royalty relief on its California assets. Turning to the retail industry, in addition to closing store locations and shutting online operations, retailers drew down credit lines in anticipation of revenue declines. JCPenney announced it borrowed $800 million and $450 million, respectively, on its revolving credit facility as a, quote, precautionary measure to increase its cash position and preserve financial flexibility considering uncertainty in the U.S. and global markets resulting from COVID-19. Tailored Brands disclosed it borrowed an additional $25 million under its ABL facility on March 19th after determining it was, quote, prudent to maximize cash on hand. Asina Retail announced a $230 million drawdown on its revolving credit facility on March 16th, noting it, quote, took this action as a precautionary measure in order to increase its cash position and preserve financial flexibility in light of the current uncertainty in the global financial markets from the COVID-19 outbreak. Jay Jill stated that it drew down $33 million from its $40 million revolver on March 16th, quote, in an abundance of caution and as a proactive measure. In just a minute, Mark Fisher will share some additional thoughts on the pandemic and how we're seeing the effects ripple through restructurings and affecting companies' balance sheets. Other top stories last week were Royal Caribbean liquidity likely to depend on variability of cost structure, working capital impacts from deposits. AMC Theaters to close all U.S. locations for 6 to 12 weeks. And Governor's objections to PG&E exit financing resolved. Financing motion now fully consensual. Next is Jim Holloway from Houston with the week ahead. Thanks, Raksha. Good morning, and thank you very much for listening in. There's an old saying, I believe, from China, which states, may you live in interesting times, and the times are indeed interesting. So here is what's up next, and this is all subject to change, I reckon. Monday, March 23rd, a trio of energy-related matters, specifically a stay stay relief hearing in Sanchez, a hearing in EP Energy, and a UCC standing and omnibus hearing in Alta Mesa. Tuesday, March 24th, an omnibus hearing in FES. Wednesday, March 25th, omnibus hearing in PG&E, a final dip motion hearing in McClatchy, and a hearing in Approach, and there's earnings from Advance and Battalion Oil, formerly known as Halcone. Thursday, March 26th, quite a few hearings. Please see our forward calendar released early every Monday for a more comprehensive summary. We have hearings in Zohar, Alta Mesa again, and Fusion Connect, an exclusivity extension and omnibus hearing in Sanchez, and a number of earnings, including Chara, a middle market name we've started coverage on recently, GameStop, and Monotronics. Friday, March 27th, final dip hearing in Alpha Guardian, and that's all from me. Back to y'all in New York. And now, here is Mark to run through the coronavirus effects. Thanks, Raksha. 
So, of course, the coronavirus is going to have a significant impact on economic activity. We've all heard about the store closings, uh, all sorts of uh, retail capacity cuts, uh, all along, you know, throughout the the travel industry and just so many other industries being inf- uh, affected. What I do want to talk about, though. Um, is you know beyond some of the announcements, uh, some other things that we're taking a look at as well, which are the uh, the financial effects, financing um, effects, particularly as it relates to companies' balance sheets, and of course at Reorg we uh, focus a lot on the uh, restructuring. So also want to talk about the effects uh, that have had on uh, certain restructuring plans, which seen um, uh, almost ironclad uh, prior to prior to everything happening, but have since. Um, shown some cracks or uh, perhaps in many cases uh, fallen apart um, or need to be recut. So first, let's talk about any sort of financial information that we've got from companies. You know, a number of companies have uh, certainly pulled guidance uh, for the foreseeable future, but very few have provided actual estimate uh, of the hit. Uh, We've gotten a couple uh, recently. Cody, a worldwide beauty supply company, estimated that revenue in its March quarter could be down 20%. The company had previously expected stable to slightly lower like-for-like revenue growth for its fiscal year, which ends in June. Delta Airlines also provided an estimate for its June quarter, uh, saying it expects revenue to be down 80% year-over-year, and that's in the uh, the June quarter, so April uh, to June. Um, One thing we've seen, uh, which I want to focus a lot on, is an abundance on the financial side uh, are revolver drawers from small incremental to large borrowings, and in many cases, Companies, uh, they're tapping the full revolver availability. On the small side, for instance, on Friday, Town Sports, after already saying that they had to close 95% of their gyms, said that they borrowed the remaining $12.5 million balance on their revolver. Uh, JCPenney and its 10K, uh, and this is some of the larger ones, uh, filed Friday, said that it, it made two draws, one on March 16th for $800 million and another on March 19th for $450 million. The company's revolver totals $2.35 billion, but JCPenney said that as of February 1, it had only $1.391 billion available for borrowing, so it's possible the one uh, and a quarter billion in total draws in March could have ripped Represented nearly all of the availability. Macy's too announced that it drew a billion and a half under its revolver. The number of retail companies that we've seen draws in their revolver are too many to disclose here, um, but uh, they include all qualities of credit. With higher quality TJX also drawing a billion dollar under a billion dollars under its revolver. And the draws have extended well beyond retail to to many uh, other industries really across uh, across the economy. Um, in addition, we've seen new financings. A couple of uh, instances, both Delta and American Airlines were able to raise new money. Delta entered into a two point six billion dollar three hundred and sixty four day term loan with J P Morgan on March seventeenth, of which it had drawn two point three billion. And American Airlines entered into a one billion dollar three hundred and sixty four day term loan also on March 17th. Uh, however, terms of the agreement uh, for American require it to maintain minimum liquidity of $2 billion. The obligations would be secured by liens on certain slots, foreign gate leaseholds, and route authorities utilized by American in providing its scheduled air carrier services to and from Mexico and Central America and to London and certain cities in the European Union. The lien on Mexico and Central America SGR is a pri- first priority lien, and the lien 
lean on London and European SGR as a second priority lean. Interest is LIBOR plus 2% for the first 180 days and L plus 2.75 uh, thereafter. So on the energy front, we haven't seen as many companies draw on their uh, revolvers. There was an announcement by offshore driller Diamond Offshore that it borrowed $400 million under its $950 million credit facility. But the similar announcements from onshore EMPs have been uh, fewer. For the most part, the announcements out of energy companies have been the sharp cuts to CapEx and reduction of crews drilling and completing wells across most basins. That's uh, those dominated uh, the releases of companies over the last uh, couple of weeks, uh, particularly in the Permian. Um, but, you know, sir, you want to remember with these, um, going back to the uh, potential revolver drawers that we've seen in other industries, in the energy space, um, these are largely reserve-based loans. And even before the sharp sell-off in crude, a number of EMPs expressed caution about the upcoming spring redetermination season, which we discussed a little last week, in which banks determine the value of assets against which they are willing to lend. A number of companies were expecting borrowing bases to be cut as a result. Largely, the redetermination season is in April, and we'll be keeping an eye on any announcement uh, from banks, from companies, as to what uh, sort of cuts um, or what changes to um, to these these balances, borrowing bases that uh, could happen. One company that did attempt to draw down its revolver uh, it was Canadian EMP Bonavista. However, it was denied by its syndicate of banks. Uh, Bonavista said in a statement on Wednesday that its banking syndicate did not honor the company's request to draw down the available amount under its credit facility. According to Bonavista, it had $175 million Canadian dollars available under its existing $500 million facility, but the syndicate of banks consisting of Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce, Toronto Dominion Bank, Royal Bank of Canada, Bank of Montreal, the Bank of Nova Scotia, National Bank of Canada, Alberta Treasury uh, branches, and Casse Centrale des Jardins. Uh, Bonavista did not provide a reason for the denial of its draw request, but instead stated, quote, notwithstanding Bonavista's belief that the draw conditions on the facility were met, CIBC, the administrative agent, advised Bonavista that the draw request would not be honored by the banking syndicate. According to Covenants by Reorg, although Bonavista did not disclose the exact reason why its revolver request was denied, the CIBC-led syndicate may have reasoned that certain conditions precedent were not met. Under the revolver, in order to draw on the revolver, the company must certify that representations and warranties that were made at closing continue to be true and correct on the date of any such draw. And one of those representations the company must make is no adverse change, which is uh, defined as the audited consolidated financial statements of the borrower for its most recent fiscal year end were prepared in accordance with GAAP and such financial statements present fairly in all material respects the borrower's consolidated financial position as at the date thereof and since that date there has been no occurrence of any event or circumstance which could reasonably be expected to have a material adverse effect other than as previously disclosed in writing to the agent and it's that material adverse effect that by covenants focused on, which is defined as um, effect on the financial position, the property, business, operations, or liabilities of the Bonavista parties taken as a whole, or on the ability of the Bonavista parties or any of them to perform the obligations under the loan documents or the validity or enforceability of any material provision thereof. 
Uh, so Reorg learned that Bonavista Energy is working with Bennett Jones as legal advisor. Bonavista has said that it is in discussions with its creditors to provide a facility to meet its operating liquidity requirements over the next several months while it works to create a path forward to reorganize near-term debt maturities. So while we're on the topic of capital structure fixes and restructurings, uh, we've also seen a number of financings pulled and restructuring plans go back to the drawing board, um, and this relates to, to energy. Um, last week, uh, in the uh, and in the recap earlier, uh, this week we discussed EP Energy. Um, other ones, pre-petition, uh, California Resources, or, or I should say, companies that um, you know have not um, filed for bankruptcy um, and are still solvent. Um, California Resources also announced the termination of its private exchange and subscription offers and consent solicitation relating to its outstanding. 8% senior secured second lien notes through 2022, it's 5.5% senior notes through 2021, and 6% uh, senior notes through 2024. The company said it is terminating the offers as a result of recent developments in the commodity and financial markets that, quote, render the offer offers inadvisable and impracticable. Impractical. The company has determined not to extend or amend the offers, but rather to pursue other alternatives, which could include a similar but modified exchange to delever its balance sheet and protect the value of its business during this market dislocation. The company had previously announced early results of the exchange, stating that over $1 billion of 8% note holders agreed to participate, but of course now that exchange has been uh, terminated. Hornback 2, uh, the offshore uh, the um, uh, offshore service vessel uh, company, uh, after failing to receive enough tenders to hit the 99% threshold it was seeking, instead pivoted to a potential Chapter 11 filing, according to sources. Restructuring options, according to sources, could include fully equitizing its 9.5% second lien term loan and partially paying down first lien debt. So that was just a uh, snapshot of, um, of things that... Uh, we've seen affecting companies' balance sheets, potential plans, potential restructurings. Um, hope it was helpful. And of course, uh, wish everyone uh, well and uh, stay safe. And uh, back to um, uh, Raksha. Thanks. Thanks, Mark. And thank you, listener, for tuning in again to Reorg's Weekly Review. As always, find all of our podcasts on the reorg.com media page, iTunes, and SoundCloud. This has been the Week in Reorg. We hope you and your families are healthy and safe. I'm Connor Skelding.